Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. I think I told you about, and I'll have to look and see what the brewery name is just so, I don't know, so I can just throw shade at them and like mind daggers all the time, that they have a tap for when Ugh. their beer is flawed Yeah. and it's called like Our Bad and it's, it's they, cool. they sell it at like a lower cost. It's like $3 yeah. or something compared to other pints, but that is, if anybody out there is listening... <laughs> Rachel and I can do an entire, well, we probably have done, basically, we can, like, piece together all the reasons why that is such a terrible fucking idea. <laughs> and if I were a customer, I would be like, what? so you didn't do it correctly, and yet you're still wanting to make money off of me drinking it. Exactly. So, yeah, just dump beer, everyone. Sometimes you have to dump beer. I've had to yeah. dump home brews. We've had to dump some of my beer before at Pilot, like. It yeah, that wasn't, her, that wasn't her fault. That was my happens. fault. Yes. Well, it's never my fault. <laughs> I take full responsibility. <laughs> so, yes, what I um, was not very good at was preparing for this. Um, what I was very good at was drinking too much last night. So, uh, yeah, you're all you're old. Were you, were you drinking oh, Brett beer by any chance? Um, I actually did have one that had oh. a little bit of Brett in it and it's from a brewery I was able to go to last weekend that they bottle condition everything mm. and so the they they do a lot of inspired by sorts mm-hmm. of, of um, ales and like farmhouse beers which I really like I like being able to hear that story of someone saying, I love Liberty Ale. I love Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. This is my homage to that. Mm-hmm. So one of the beers from them I had had a little bit of funkiness in it, but I think that is, I don't think it was on accident. I think it was part. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, was it supposed to have it? Or? Right. Right. And you know, that like is, you're not sure. Right. That's something that I think we've talked about before and I know that you excuse me in your the way your brewery is set up right now and even in our brewery sorry um even in our brewery the kind of the common knowledge of among brewers is you know it's it's very difficult to have Britannomyces Pediococcus lactobacillus in your brewery because the potential for infection, particularly in your soft side components like your gaskets, your hoses, that is so high. Mm-hmm. And that so not that you can't do it, you can definitely do it. It's right. just a uh, very very high risk. You know, you should keep everything separate. You should probably have a tank dedicated to it. Um, and on a homebrew yeah. scale, we have that. We have our uh, hoses for sour beers and uh, Brett beer, and we have, like, this is the sour carboy, this is the yeah. sour keg, 
but uh, uh, no, that's good. And you can probably get away with a little bit more on homebrew scale. You just don't have that many <clears throat> like crooks and crannies. Right. That things can get into, which is good. You know, it's just great. You should still keep things separate like you do. But uh, I, I would anybody who has like has a beer that doesn't turn out the way that they want. That is a great opportunity to put some sort of Brett blend in it or something yeah. and just put it in a closet and let that Brett work on it for a little while and then see what kind of beer you get out of it. And we've done that with a couple of our beers that one of them turned out, it was kind of, we had a, our funky barrel and it was an English barley wine, put it in the funky barrel, honestly forgot about it for a while and came back and we had a sour Brett barley wine that was probably very traditional. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was was drinkable. I mean, it wasn't fantastic, fantastic, but, uh, you know, still drinkable and better than what went into the barrel. Yeah, no, it's probably like, so obviously we're talking about Brett this week. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Uh, We don't need you. We're just here to talk to each other. (laughs) Right. Right. We're uh, today we're talking about the British sugar fungus, which is what Britannomyces is known as. So to continue our sour beer mini series, um, I just want to point out again that Brett is a yeast, um, Lactobacillus and Pediococcus. They were bacteria that were added to the beer. This is going to be a yeast that you can ferment on its own or with a uh, another string, a sack string, maybe even British string or something like that. Um, and you know, it's really depending on what kind of, what kind of you, what you want from the bread, how long or how, you know, how long you do or don't want to spend fermenting it and you know, what kind of beer you're making. Yeah. Yeah, It's really interesting. I was reading the other day, so I, um, do with new realm we do, we have, we call it the NRBC TV. And so we'll do live sessions, live streams. Um, when I do it, I'll do a different topic about, you know, something related to brewing, uh, Mitch Steele does ask Mitch anything. And then we'll have our chefs do like cooking demos. So one of the, the, uh, the one I just did this past week was on Cezanne and farmhouse ale that somebody had requested. So I, uh, was listening. I, it was funny because I just went back and listened to the podcast episode we did on Cezanne's. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm listening to myself, tell myself, about saison but in that um, farmhouse ales book one of the little kind of breakout parts that i read that i don't remember reading before was specifically about how you know everybody knows you you shouldn't have brett in your brewery or you have to be super careful or you know for a very very long time brett was not welcome in the brewery at all. Now, some places like Orval, you know, a lot of historical ales just had it in there uh, just by nature. But this little aside was talking about how that line of thinking came, <clears throat> excuse me, came directly from the big breweries. And so if you think yeah. about a macro brewery, yeah, you definitely don't want something like that in there when you're pumping out barrels, you know, thousands of barrels a day. But, you know, as American craft brewers in particular started experimenting more with things like Britannomyces, with Pediococcus, these kind of wild and sour strains, people started realizing like, yeah, it is actually you 
you can do this in the same facility. And like Rachel said, you just have to be mindful and be careful. And if you're really any kind of brewery at all, cleanliness is always top of mind. And so it's not as much of a, a, um, uh, like a big scary boogeyman as, as I think people conventionally think. No, you just gotta like want to do it. Like me personally, I just don't care. Like I have such a small brewery. I just need to turn out, turn the batches, get the beer out and not have, um, the risk, especially when we have like a couple people brewing in the small space, but lots of people do it and they do it well. Um, you know, and it's definitely one of those things like uh, uh, Brett was discovered. It was a yeast that was discovered in old English stock ales mm-hmm. uh, in the early 1900s. So the, it was around and um, it's responsible for some of the characteristics of those old beers. So for so long, Brett was or just like funkiness in your beer or lactic acid or sourness or wild yeast or whatever that was all in your beer for so long just because of the lack of, you know, isolation knowledge of, you know, before we could isolate the lager string. And then once we once they were able to do that, that was the new game was to, like, get rid of all this sour funkiness that they know, you know, we no longer had to put up with that anymore. So, so why so why do it? So then you have this big turn to lager beer and then you kind of get back, you know, you had your specialty ales like your saisons and stuff. And a lot of people do do automatically assume a saison is going to be sour or maybe, you know, good for Brett beer. And saisons are great for Brett beer. It's just not all saisons are Brett beer. And they just make, like, a good base. So it's really important to know what, like, what you want from your Brett beer and kind of design your beer around that. A lot of times they're going to be hot forward beers. You don't necessarily always want to do a dark beer, but you can. Um it just depends on the type of Brett yeast strain you're using. And right. there's some that are good for brewing. There's some that are not good for brewing. Um, I think, like, typically the ones that winemakers like to keep out of their um, out of their winery are, you know, typically things that we, brewers may, may want. So it's different for, you know, depending on the brewery and or the winery, you know. I think wine. I think wineries tend to try to keep all Brett strains out of their, out of their barrels. If I'm not yes. mistaken. Although they do have the whole that pet nat movement about with going on with wine right now is kind of like the. I'm I'm not a wine person, but what I've read about it is it it reminds me very much of American wild ales, yeah. where you're just kind of seeing what happens. Yeah, and, and you know I if you got a beer that comes out bad. And has some off flavors, maybe throw some bread at it and see what happens, like you mentioned earlier. Because bread will, like, it will eat compounds and will turn it into other things. And then it will eat those things that it just turned into and turn it back into the thing it just ate. I think, like, bread, you know, it will break down ethanol into acetaldehyde. And then it will break acetaldehyde back into ethanol. So, you know, it, it, can, it can be one of those things that you just got to taste along the way and then determine when you're happy with it. Um, yeah, because it will go up and down in flavor profiles where it's desirable and where it's not. Um, yeah, and I, I know I've mentioned on here before that a few years ago I brewed a 100% Brett beer, and now that I'm kind of farther along in my studies and just kind of my comprehension of what all of these things can do, I would really like to do it again and do some different kind of tweak it a little bit. But you can so with 
Brett, if you're buying like a pure pitch, I, I say pure pitch, it's, it's not pure pitch, but um, if you're buying from a yeast manufacturer, yeah, you can get a blend. Typically, you know, the blend will be a few different Brett strains because the, another interesting thing about Brett is they don't have all of the strains isolated. Yet. Yeah. And it's a lot of different things, but you can buy, there are a couple of different pure strains that you can buy. So like the Brett Lambicus, um, Brett, uh, Clausinia, yeah, Clausini, yeah, and then maybe Brooks, the Brett Brooks, yes. Although, um, I believe Brett Brooks and Brett Lambicus are the same, I think Lambicus is like a substring of Brooks, okay, I'm yeah, not, which is also kind of check. the confusing thing is that it's you know, up until very recently, it, there was kind of like Britannomyces was just this thing. And then they started isolating different strains. And then they also ended up like changing the name of some of the strains. Yeah. But with the, the Brett beer I did, it was, I, I specifically chose the Brett Brooks strain because I really like the tropical flavors that yeah. that strain specifically will give to a beer. I don't like the other strain. And I know we've talked about this because I know we're aligned on this, that the other strain is that one that gets very phenolic and like horsey and funky and almost like burnt rubber tasting. And within a blend, and I guess even with the right base beer, that could be very interesting. It's just not the Brett flavor I prefer. But with the beer that I made, at this point it's probably three years old, I think, three or four years old. And... I have one bottle left, but, you know, at first drinking it, like it's very bright, it's very tropical. And then every year or so I would get another bottle and taste it and it would always be different. Mm -hmm. And so the way it's drinking now is almost like a Lambic where it's got that funkiness to it, a little bit of barnyard, but it doesn't have that, you know, Guayacol smoke kind of burnt rubber flavor to it and the you know the color has gotten darker as it's gotten older and Mm -hmm. uh, I I had it uh, Tom had just given it to me kind of as a blind sample to say what do you think about this beer and I was like oh my god oh what whose beer is this this is delicious what kind of beer even is it and he was like that's (laughs) your Brett beer and it didn't look the way you know that it did it didn't it tasted, it was a completely different profile. So doing a Brett beer is kind of a set it and forget it. And you just, um, one of the reasons for that, and I guess we should probably talk a little bit more about just kind of the mechanics of it, but Brett eats the same kinds of sugars as a regular Saccharomyces yeast, plus a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but it works. It takes a lot longer for it to ferment and it will continue to eat those sugars forever, basically. Yeah. Uh, and you, can, I mean, you can do a hundred percent Brett beer in a couple weeks. Like it's possible. It's right. just all depends on what you want out of your beer. Like a lot, some of these strains are going to start out a little bit on the fruitier side. And then as they age, kind of develop those funky characters, um, you know, like uh, Lambicus gets some, black cherry notes when it's super young and then it will kind of start to you know mellow out as it ages and so it really just like and like I said there's times where it's not good too because it's just in that stage where it's eating something and it it excrete it an off flavor or unpleasant flavor 
And yes. you just got to give it some more time. Unless yeah, it goes one. through like those awkward like teenage phases. Yeah. <laughs> and it will develop that pellicle, um, which is good. Um, it will pick up a little bit of acetic acid uh, naturally, depending if you're like aging and like either if you're aging or even primary fermenting in like a barrel. Um because you'll have a little bit of oxygen exposure. And so you can kind of get some different, you know, that's your vinegar flavor, your acetic acid. So you can have other other flavors that are introduced to your wet beer, maybe from the process or the type of grain that you're using that aren't necessarily produced from the bread. Like um, using like a malt with some acidic uh some acylated malt, your acylated malt, you know, some that's got some acidity to it. That's going to maybe provide a little bit of lactic acid that can balance really nicely with your Brett beer. Right. But, and um, I think it's worth pointing out too that, and we've talked about this before that wild doesn't mean sour. So yes. Brett will give you wild funky yeah. flavors. It's not going to produce really sour flavors. So if yeah. you want a sour flavor, that's where we're pitching the lactobacillus or the pediococcus. And like we talked about last time, if you are brewing something with pediococcus, you pretty much have to uh, have to pitch it with Brett because pediococcus produces so much diacetyl yeah. that the beer would be undrinkable without yeah. that Brett continuing to chew on those sugars. And like Rachel said, converting that into something that is, you know, that has no taste. And the longer you let it kind of sit there, like it will chew those longer chain sugars that sack can't chew, mm-hmm. um, really drying it out. So, yes, yeah, so you get a you nice, know, nice, dry, like almost like a wine, just a good, dry, dry, dry finish. Yeah. And depending on what you, you used, you know, you it could be funky. It could be nice tropical flute flavors. Um, you know, that string, maybe that lampicus string gives you that nice pop of like pineapple um, so you might, that's when you kind of like, depending on what you think that strain is going to give you or what you're looking for, maybe you brew a, you know, IPA for that Brett strain, or maybe it's something with some nice malty ba- base beer that has some acid added to it for lactic tartness. And so it's really all about like kind of what you want out of there. And like, you could throw a lot of sugar at it too. Because it will continue to eat all that stuff, which right. is good because it won't it won't make your beer like overly thin. It'll help keep that body to it. Yeah, and I think one thing that we learned from the uh, the brew house operations off flavor class that we took a couple of years ago that I, I find really interesting, uh, just again, kind of a, an obnoxious fact that you can uh, bring up to your friends and dazzle them with your beer pedantry is that uh, Britannomyces in particular will eat the, or yes, will eat the, um, convert the compounds that form isoamyl acetate. So that banana flavor that you get in something like a Hefeweizen. So it is basically impossible to have a Brett beer that has that isoamyl acetate banana flavor in it. I don't know why you would want like a funky banana beer anyway, but you can't get it if you're trying to use a strain that produces a lot of isoamyl acetate because Brett just eats it up. Yeah, with the way things are going these days, some brewer out there is going to be like, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put some lactose in it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Take that. That sounds disgusting. A funky, milky banana beer. Oh, God, it's coming. <laughs> 
Yeah, so what else more about Brett? It will, um, it makes a lot of different flavors. Um, like we said, there's a couple different strains. I mean, I think the, I think the most common strains for brewing are that, that Brooks, that Lambicus, and that, that Clossini. How do you say that last one? Yeah, Clossini. Clossini? Clossini. Clossini was more of the strain that was isolated from stock barrels, I think. Yes, I think that sounds. And that's kind of like a good balance between the Brooks and that Lambicus. Gives you like a little bit of pineapple with like a little bit of funk. Yeah, and I would say something like a Brett beer, if you don't think that you like it, it's the same for me as what I tell people with smoked beers. If you had one that you like, if your first one was Schlinkerla and it hit you in the face and you really hated it, try a different smoked beer. I would say the same thing about a beer that's labeled as farmhouse or has Britannomyces. I think the standard for everyone and also just a beer that if you're interested in beer at all, you should be familiar with is Orval. So Orval is the standard bearer for what kind of complexity Brett can be used for. So I think we've talked a lot about 100% Brett beers, but most of the time we're going to see beers that have, you know, your regular Saccharomyces ale yeast strain, and it's going to have maybe um, Pediococcus or Lactobacillus added, and also Brett. So Brett will be part of like this melange of uh, different things in there, eating sugars and fermenting. So most of what you'll see is going to be some sort of Brett's there as kind of a supporting character to add complexity to it. And Orval is really a testament to what that means so yeah orval is a belgian pale ale with brett yeah well orval is like orval is just orval orval is just orval yeah like it doesn't fit into any style um and it there's nothing like it out there so definitely get orval and try that as this is what a brett beer can do and if you don't like it that's fine too. I think that Brett it's beers such are, a great introduction to Brett beers. It is, beer. it is definitely, but it's very different. It's different yeah. from most beers that most of us drink every day. Uh, so also go into it understanding that. So I had a few months ago at Ormond's. So Ormond's is the cheese shop that uh, Rachel and I both go to in Charlotte, and I would. I had talked to them about, hey, I'm studying for the Master Cicerone. I need to learn more about cheese, so can you kind of introductory cheeses? And so one of the women who worked there did a really great job with that because she, like, I would come in and she'd say, okay, so I've been thinking about what to give you this week. And so, like, she always had homework for me. (laughs) Uh, One of the ones that she did for me was I believe it's washed rind cheeses that are like super, super funky. And it reminds me a lot of like Britannomyces because you get some, those yeah. are the ones that are like smell like feet like and goat cheese. not really goat cheese, but That's just different, like different ones. And so she gave me like, okay, here I'm almost positive it's washed rind. So she gave me these washed rind cheeses and like one of them, I, and was like, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't do this. And oh, God, them, if you can't do it, I don't know if I can Right, do it. exactly. So the rest of them, I was like, okay, I kind of get it. And when I went in, uh, you know, the next week, she's like, well, what did you think? And I was like, 
I think I need to revisit these when I have learned more about cheese so I can appreciate them (laughs) because I do not appreciate them now. And she was like, okay, that's fine, but that's a good attitude to have. And so that's the same kind of attitude I think you need with Britannomyces. No, that's a really good point because I remember being um, a server at Capitol House, like, you know, when I just, you know, when I was young, just first started. And a lot of people ordered Duchess. There was like a hard Duchess drinking crowd yeah and then we also had orval like those were our two like we, i mean we had a lot but those were like the two that i really remember and sold a lot of and for me i did not understand the difference between acetic acid bacteria wild yeast all that back then but i knew these were sour beers like quote unquote sour beers to me mm-hmm. and the way i was selling them at least at 19 years old so um i mean 21 of course <laughs> but we well, can sell it underage. You just well, can't drink I can, it. but but I'm going to talk about how I drink it. So like for me, I I really liked Orval. I it just you have to remember I did not understand sour and wild, but I was like this is a great introduction to sour beer. If you don't if you want to get into sour beer but you don't really understand it and the Duchess is too much, do this. And like it was a great transition palettes building sour i know it's not sour but beer in my mind and i wish i had known more about it at the time i'm i'm sure people who work there told me the right things <laughs> but um you know it's just like learning a language just like one of those things you just don't get until you get and um but it was such a easy way like i sold so much orval and it is so palatable and like the duchess was so acetic acid and vinegary and i just didn't understand that these were actually like a sour versus wild not really sour sour but i was like no this is great and but it definitely did not it took a while like it's just like getting to learn to like ipas it's just like progressing through the evolution of the beer palette you know if you will where you start and end at lagers Yes. But it was like that. And that's a really good point. And it's just like, just keep on trying them. Keep trying different ones because not all sour beer is wild and not all wild beer is sour. And, right. I, and I remember you and I were in Chicago at Off Color Brewing. Yeah. <laughs> and they had that written on the wall. And I yes. was just like, that's the perfect thing to say. They actually <laughs> have that as a T-shirt now. And I keep meaning to order myself one. Oh, um, nice. But Again, it's unisex sizes. If anybody's listening to this who is in charge of merchandise for whatever, unisex is just men's clothes. It's just men's. Yeah. It's not – it doesn't fit women. If you have boobs, if you have anything, it does not fit. So don't call unisex unisex anymore. It's just more men's clothing. But So at Pilot Brewery, we have all men's shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that, that is another – hill for another time but uh the same goes with you know with brett the way that i was able to figure out when i made my 100 percent brett beer that i wanted to use this specific strain as opposed to a blend as opposed to a different strain was just tasting through farmhouse beers different kinds of beers that had brett in them and figuring out what i liked yeah and that's another thing they should mention is like I don't, it's incredibly hard to recreate your mixed culture bread, you know, your final product. Mm -hmm. So don't like wrap yourself around like trying to get the same exact flavor profile that you did your last beer because, I mean, God, what are, like, it's got to be really hard, I I would imagine. Yeah, 
That's an excellent, excellent point. And I think one that as a, yeah, that's, that really is a fantastic point because as a beer drinker, one of the things I value very, very much in any brewery is their ability to deliver a consistent product. Sure. But when it comes to something where I know it's farmhouse, where I know it maybe have a Brett blend in it, I, I don't have that expectation. And that's yeah. part of the experience of drinking Brett beers is, yeah, it is going to be very hard to replicate. I honestly don't. I mean, obviously they have it uh, under lockdown at Orval because they can replicate that. Well, that's all they make. Right. I mean, they have Orval and they have Orval Young. Right. And that's what you can get. Right. And I had both. Orval, yeah. actually, real quick, is if you're ever in Belgium, not every brewery you can just walk into. And, and in Orval, you cannot just walk into the brewery. But you, they do have a nice kind of museum-style thing going on for their ruins. And it's beautiful. And they also have a restaurant. And you can get or, young Orval cheese and young oh Orval God. beer. Oh, the Orval cheese is so good. Oh. And it's and you can walk around. You can, like, walk around the outside of, like, the walls. And you can kind of see, like, a little bit in there. And maybe if you're, like, you know, real nice, someone will, like, open the door for you and let you take a picture. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> It's really pretty. It's um, it's very accessible. I mean, you got to get in a car and drive through the countryside to get to it. Right. But it's not busy, and like you can just walk around, have a nice little shop, and get some stuff. And then so, but a lot of breweries you can't do that in Belgium. Um, the bigger one, like, ugh, fuck, man, I don't even remember. Like, I, we did not go to Chimay, but I know Chimay was one of those that you could do. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every other brewery we went to. Literally every single one. I'm trying to rack my mind real quick. You had to have like a res. You, you had to call them and set up a tour or something special. Um, there was no tasting room. That's not the culture there, right. if you will. So side note, go there. You know, it's easy to go to if you can. And it's very rewarding. I mean, it's beautiful. You get to walk through the old building where they brewed things you know and they have like mm-hmm. their little well where they got water their natural spring water and it was just like really really cool yeah and that um I guess this is an Orval fan cast now but the <laughs> the well that's interesting that you mentioned that because Orval has as its symbol the fish with the ring in its mouth mm-hmm. and the story behind that is when they were was it there was like a princess or something the legend has it that she dropped her wedding band right yeah. in the in that well and was like I don't know promised I whoever to- that if she could get it back like the monks could build their monastery there and so this fish came up with the ring in its mouth and that's how uh, that monastery got built um, like yeah. around that so that's why the Orval is the fish with the ring in its oh. mouth and Orval is also another one that if you it's great to grab a bottle when you can, put it in a closet, forget about it, grab another bottle, get a few years worth of a vertical and taste through it. That's another fantastic way to learn how Brett can change a beer. And a lot of breweries have do what's called Orval Day mm-hmm. or um, not breweries, well, maybe breweries, but like beer bottle shops, restaurants and stuff. Yeah. So if you ever want to get down on Orval Day. That's probably like if you find the right spot, you probably could find like a vertical tasting going on. Um, so keep out for that. I mean, it's kind of a it's a thing in yes. a beer world. 
people things. Right. And Orval Day is in March, typically. Ah, I did not know that. I don't think I've ever actually participated. Um, not that I wouldn't. Just never worked out. <laughs> I do love me some Orval, though. I've drank it on many days, not Orval Day. Right. Every day can be Orval Day. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and if you work at Orval, I bet you it is. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, beyond beyond Orval, that is kind of the the beer to try. But I highly recommend anytime you see something labeled as farmhouse. Uh, I think some other really good consistent breweries that you could rely on to get a good product would be like Crooked Stave. Exactly. I was just gonna bring up like they have this Wild Wild Brett series, super cool. I've never actually tried anything, but um. In my studies of Master Cicerone, I have been trying to make sure I know my beers a little bit better. But oh, are you studying for that? I don't. I don't think we've ever talked about either one of us <laughs> taking the Master Cicerone what, exam. What? What is that, Master? <laughs> Master? But they're wild. I don't remember exactly everything, but their Wild Wild Brett series is where they brew a beer with Brett. I'm pretty 100% Brett, and it's like Wild Wild Brett Blue, Wild Wild Brett Green, Wild Wild Brett orange and then the ingredients that they use on those beers are that color so like wild wild brett green is like a dry hop brett beer and then like orange has got like i don't remember orange peel some other things that are orange and then they have like a blue which here i'll look up this blue real quick because i just saw that for the first time i didn't know there was a blue what's blue brewed <laughs> colorado blue spruce tips oh you did there yeah, well, Crooked Stave is a good one if you see it to get something uh, from them. And I would also say Logston Farmhouse yeah. is one that is, I think, fairly widely available. Yeah, you can find them in, um, if you're in Charlotte area, like, I don't know about the Soda Wines, but I've, Common Market typically has Logston available. Yeah, Logston, um, the brewery is another one that's very accessible that yes. you can, you know, no matter where you are, chances are you can probably find beers by the brewery. Um, Russian Out. River, yeah. of course, that one's a little bit harder to get, but they're the United States, at least they were really pioneers in yeah. doing wild and sour beers. So those are always done really, really well. Those were um, a big deal when I was getting, I mean, they're still a big deal, big deal, but like when I got into beer, I, like you could drive to Philly and there was like two fooderies that yes. you could go to and get a couple bottles. <laughs> right, <laughs> like that's right. Russian River. Yeah. Um, Chester King, of course, Lost Abbey. Those are both other, those are all people that if you see some of their beers, you can, you'll get a good product. I think there's yeah. a lot of, um, a lot of breweries that maybe just have things go wrong and say, Oh the, yeah, this is our bread beer. This was totally on purpose. And it's just, you know, it's not done well. It's just, you can tell that it's been infected rather I've than. Done, I could have done that before. Just in beer judging where I've had to write like, sorry, <laughs> you've got an infection somewhere. You need yeah. to change all of your gaskets. You probably need to get new hoses. This is an infected beer. Yeah. So. And then but, I guess if it's uh, infected, I don't know, throw some bread at it and see what happens. Well, if it's infected, it probably already has bread in it. So I guess you could wait and see what happens. Uh, throw and, more. Yeah. Maybe a different, See, well, you don't you know get, string, but yeah, if you get anything good out of it, but yes, I've definitely had or you could just dump it. Yeah, exactly. You could just dump it. I've definitely <laughs> had beers at places where I was like, I don't think that you meant to do this. And it like, you can still have a, an accident and have it turn out fine, 
Yeah, but it can also, also not be fine. So I yeah. guess we can kind of start and end this episode with, yeah. if it's not good, then just dump it. Everybody yeah. has to dump beer sometimes. Yeah, if you if you have never dumped a batch of beer, then you have are not doing something right. Right. You have served bad beer at one yes. point. Yes, exactly. And don't if you've got bad beer, don't serve it to people. Yeah, don't have a bad draft line. It's not a good idea. No. <laughs> No, it is not. It makes me every time I think I'm starting to get mad about it again. Like every time I think about it, I'm like, I just want to go in there and be like that old lady in Princess Bride and be like, boo, it's like boo. A when you're talking about the yeast, that is one thing that I will mention. If you are interested in brewing with a Brett beer, you will need to make if you're a hundred percent Brett beer, you will need to make a starter and you need to make that starter for about a week ahead of time. So typically starters, you make, you know, 24 hours ahead of time just to kind of get the party started. But with, if you're doing a hundred percent Brett beer, that starter, if you're planning to brew on Saturday, you need to get it started on Monday and just let it set and start. I did not know that. So you can't just like order a pure pitch from White Labs and throw that in? Um, you can, it's just going to take, take a lot longer, a lot longer. And especially if that's the only strain that you're putting in there, yeah. um, it's going to take a very, very long time. So you always need a, like a seven day starter. And the other thing about Brett is unlike say ale yeast, you know, where you get like this blow off and you can tell when it's at high Krausen and it's kind of this spectacular event, Brett doesn't do that. So even having a starter going, you know, I think I had, I took pictures of my starter each day and it was like maybe day three as it was sitting on the stir plate, it was kind of starting to get a little bit of a, of a Krausen on it, uh, but not, then it just went away. So it's Mm -hmm. not anything like, you know, I know one time at pilot we brewed with a Vikings and we had to turn off the stir plate because it started throwing such a high Krausen. (laughs) Off of it because like Vike yeast is ready to go. You well, know? that makes sense if because Brett goes so slow. Right. So, so that would yeah. make sense. So it won't do anything, but you do need to start that early. Again, yeah. if it's part of a blend, you know, if that's not if you're fermenting it normally with just a regular Saccharomyces yeast, then yeah. you can just pitch it in because by the time that that's actually better because then the Brett isn't competing with the Saccharomyces yeast. Yeah, I was Saccharomyces say. gets to eat the sugars that it normally does, and then the Brett will come in and clean up everything else later. And you can do different things, too. Like, you could you could get the sack started, and then, like, once primary kind of finishes, throw bread in. Mm-hmm. Or you could throw them both in, like, the, like, from day one. Also, for Brett, should it be – it should be, like, a larger pitching rate than your ale. Correct. Maybe cl- closer to, like, a lager size, like, or yes. in between – yeah, I was going to say it is it is kind of like getting, you know, if you're doing a, a regular lager uh, and again, I'm talking on a homebrew scale, yeah. but you have to have a really, really, really big pitch just because you need to have enough viable yeast since it works. A lager also works slower because it's at lower temperatures. It's going to take a little bit longer, so you need more to make sure you don't have all of your yeast die kind of before yeah. it's finished with fermentation. Um, so it is kind of like treating it like a lager yeast. But not lager temperatures. It would be a higher temperature. Right. I think it likes even a little bit higher than sack. It kind of – you can get and, – and just like with lagers, depending on the temperature, and just like with ale streams, like if you have a lower temperature, you might get not quite as many esters if you do had – you know, if you're versus 66 versus 80 or something like that. So, right. 
you really got to think about what you want out of this. Take a look at the manufacturer. Like, if do they give you a blend? What are they telling you? Like, are they saying, like, they want you to ferment higher? Is it better for one reason or another? You know, like, do a little Googling and see what other people are doing because all of this is not black and white. I mean, brewing is not that either. But with when we're brewing IPAs and pale ales and whatever, we have, like, like we know... Okay, 68 is going to be ideal, you know, and like like this pitching rate and like this gravity. Like we can control that a lot easier than these wild yeasts. So don't wrap your head around the perfect Brett flavor because <laughs> it like doesn't exist. Right. It's called know? wild for a reason. Yeah. You're never going to make the same beer. You're, But as long as you're making beautiful, delicious beer, what does it matter? You know, like ex- experiment a little bit. Don't don't like just buy the same thing over and over and over and try to make the same thing. Cause it, you'll just drive yourself nuts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend doing that with any style of beer unless you really just want to open that brewery and have that flagship. But you know what, if you can make it on five gallons, you're still going to have to go through the same troubles to upscale it. So just get out there and have fun with your beer and just brew whatever you want. You know, don't make it such a big deal. And <laughs> thank you for coming to Rachel's Ted talk. Don't make it such a big deal. Just make it, you know, Try it out. <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, I think we can probably wrap up our Britannomyces, which will be the end of our, um, I do like calling it a mini series. Um, yeah. It adds a little bit of drama to this series. So, um, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. And again, if you've got just a couple of minutes and you can, uh, subscribe, rate, review. That's super helpful for us. It helps more people hear about the podcast and see the podcast. Thank you to everyone who has already done that. Uh, thank you always to people who reach out, who, um, you know, talk about us on social media and interact with us and then recommend us to people. That's, that's super great to see. And, uh, I will say just quickly when we joke about, we don't know who, like how many people are listening. I had somebody text me the other day and ask me a, a question. And I was like, how on earth did you know about that? And she's like, because I listened to your podcast. And You're I was like, oh, like, man. Oh, people actually listen. So <laughs> um, anyway, as always, we appreciate all of you and your kind words and your support. And we will see you next time. This has been False Bottom Girls, and we make the brewing world go round.